0: All right, guys. Good morning. Take a seat. I'm going to pray a little bit more here. Father, thank you so much for this time. Dad, what a blessing it is to just be able to hear your word, Father. Father, I pray for understanding of what you want here in this hour, that the eyes of our heart can be enlightened. Father, I pray for words to speak, and uh, I pray for the ears to hear, Dad. Father, we want nothing but your will, Father we praise you for that this morning. Father, may this hour just give you great glory and let this momentum continue to just spill outside these walls and into the world, Father. We praise you, we love you, and we thank you, Dad. And it's through Christ I pray. Amen. Amen. You guys doing good this morning? Yes. This is a cool view. It's a little different, huh? Hey, we're going to be... Um, we don't have um, any verses up. I'm not putting any verses up. So if you have Bibles... Pull them out. If you got phones, pull them out. Let's we'll be using them. Cool? Good, 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 good. All right. So, Bob asked me uh, a couple months ago to talk about kingdom leadership. And um, I, I can just tell you right now, um, I would be a fool to think that I'm going to stand up here and uh, explain kingdom leadership in the entirety uh, of the wisdom of God. Um, I will not be doing that today, but what I will be, yeah, I know, you'll get your money back. Uh, You can grade me later. Um, But I I will be talking about a few aspects of kingdom leadership that that I understand. Um, I just, I want to start with Matthew 4.17. This is right after Jesus is baptized, and this is like the very start of his ministry. Okay, and what he says is he says, and uh, uh, Jesus doesn't say this, but uh, in in four seventeen, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand." That means the kingdom of God is, is is here. So he says, "Turn from your ways, everybody. The kingdom of God is now at hand." Let me explain the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's realm of dominion in which we now have access to through the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? So when Jesus Christ came, he came to bring us access into God's realm of dominion, his power, his authority. And so it looks like this. Jesus' walk, everything that Jesus did was to display what it looked like for a man and for a woman to operate in the kingdom of God with him, all right? So everything... uh, Jesus would do. He would help us understand how to think in the kingdom. He would show us what it looked like to talk in the kingdom and and how to act in the kingdom. So oftentimes, I mean, the the kingdom of God is far different than the world's culture, than the darkness of this world's culture. So many times Jesus would say, okay, well, well, you have always said it was to be like this, but I will tell you something different. It is to be like this, or you say, but I say, you say, but I say. And so Jesus Christ constantly was showing us what it looked like to have that kingdom vantage point, okay? And so in Christ, we now have access to that. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17. We've read this before. Therefore, whoever is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. So each of us in Christ... I can tell you have that same responsibility to bring the kingdom culture, the culture of the kingdom to this world. Okay, And sometimes the kingdom culture isn't necessarily displayed in the body of Christ, in the church at large. Sometimes in church, churches will go to, it doesn't necessarily display the thought process or the heart and the will of the kingdom of God. And I believe leadership is one of those things that I think is slightly veered from the heart of God. So leadership in the church at large, not everywhere, not everywhere, but I believe in some places we have slightly veered from the heart of God. Traditionally, we think about kingdom leadership and we think about everyone who's up on the stage. The, The worship leader, the pastor, the priest, the minister, the reverend. Whoever's up there, he's the one worthy or she's the one worthy. She's the one responsible. She's the one who's accountable to God's people. And what we do is we come on a Sunday And we're ready to consume a message from them. We're ready to get something from them. Because it's all in them. They're the ones who who are bringing the kingdom. I'm just here just to receive. And I'm telling you, kingdom leadership, it's a paradigm shift. That's not what it is. It's not up to Bob. It's not up to me. It's not up to Steve. It's not up to Jessica or Glenn. Just the people that are traditionally up on the stage to be the ones responsible for bringing the kingdom of God. It is so flipped, and 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 good things can happen with just one person's faith. Let me tell you, one person's obedience. Really good things can happen, but that's not God's intention. The intentions of the body of of, of the body of Christ is for everyone to be working. In fluid motion together, serving their Lord, bringing the kingdom to pass in this culture. Does that make sense? Yeah, right. So why are we sitting here? It's not like let's, let's, let's have choir practice or anything like that. But this is a change in vantage point okay? that I want you to have. Traditionally, it's just those on stage that look this way the leaders of the church. That is so bogus. And I believe that there's a culture shift right now. There's a big-time culture shift to bring more of the kingdom culture and the heartbeat of God into not just this church, but into many other churches. And I'm telling you right now, there's brothers and sisters all across the world in the body of Christ that are getting this. And I think it's humble for us to say, maybe, maybe, maybe we have a little bit to grow in. And that's everybody looking in the mirror, and saying, I want to grow a little bit more. I want, to look, I want to grow a little bit more in my understanding of partnering with you, God, just like my Lord, to bring your kingdom to pass in this day. You with me so far, guys? Yeah. So it looks, it looks like this. I want to look at the early church. Uh, turn your Bibles to Acts 6. I want to give us an example of where I'm going with this. Acts 6.1, very, very first uh, verse in chapter 6. So this is the very early church. Jesus Christ uh, had just been raised up to the Father. And now you have all these people who uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus had already poured forth His Holy Spirit. Now you've got these people trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? They're the disciples. And they've got the apostles also leading the way. Okay, so it says now, In these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose uh, against the Hebrews, because of their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution, and the twelve summoned the twelve apostles, summoned the number of disciples, and said, "It is not right that we should give up preaching of the word of, preaching the Word of God to serve tables, therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word." And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nichor, and Timon, and Paraminas, and Nicholas, a a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly, in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Okay, so here's the deal. There is, in the early church, there's there's an issue, okay? The issue is that they feel some of the widows uh, were being neglected, okay? And they also needed someone to help set up tables. So they're bringing this need to the apostles, right? And so what they did was, the apostles didn't say, well, we're going to be the ones to have to figure all this out. What I was really blessed by in this record is what they said was they said, okay, that sounds good. Well, we trust you've got the Holy Spirit. You go ahead and pick the men. You figure it out. And we're going to do what God has called us to do over here, which is preaching the word. And let us know when you, when you find those people. What trust? They understood that like, hey, this ain't a one-man show. It isn't the, the apostles' church, you know. It's everyone's got the Holy Spirit. There's no greater or lesser value of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of our Lord Christ Jesus. And they each have been given that. And they said, you guys figure that out and let us know. We'll pray over them, but you guys, you guys do that. I just love how they worked together to make that happen. It's a very, something small here, but they worked together to make that happen. You see... Jesus Christ is Lord. (laughs) This is in Acts 5.31. It says, God exalted him, Jesus Christ, at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and a forgiveness of sins. God made him, he exalted Jesus Christ. He made him leader and he made him savior. Jesus Christ is the ultimate leader. The ultimate leader. I want to go to, uh, to Acts, or excuse me, Ephesians one. I want to see where Jesus is seated right now, his position as leader. I want to look at this. Acts 16 Acts, excuse me, <laughs> Ephesians 1:16. Uh, it reads, "I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory." may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards those of us who believe. According to the working of His great might, in all. Jesus Christ is the he's the leader. God put him at his right hand, above all power, rule, dominion and authority, and he put us right next to him. In Christ, we are seated with him at God's right hand. So if Jesus Christ is the ultimate leader now, and we're with him in our new nature in Christ, we we are just inevitably now leaders. Does that make sense? If 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 we're seated with Christ and everything's under His feet, and we're with Christ, that means we have a responsibility to be leaders with Him. That's just our new nature. That's our calling to be leaders. Now that doesn't mean we all operate in leadership. Like we don't always display it, perhaps. But that's our calling. And you don't have to be, you know, uh, one who is outspoken to be a leader. You know, no, no, no. It's Even those who are introverted, you are a leader in Christ. You are a leader in Christ. Because it's the Christ in you. All right? It's the Christ in you. It's said that influence uh, leadership is, is anyone with influence. And I can tell you, we all have influence over somebody. We share in that godly responsibility to bring the kingdom of God to pass here on this earth. I want you to turn to 1 Peter 2.9. It reads, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. (laughs) Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. I want to look at that. this This is regarding us. This is regarding us. Those of us in Christ. I want to look at royal priesthood. We see that we are called a priest uh, elsewhere. I want to turn to the book of Revelations, chapter 1, verse 4. John's writing this, and he says, To the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits, who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the trustworthy witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. He's referred to as the ruler of kings on earth, Jesus Christ. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and he made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ loves us. He's freed us. He made us a kingdom, and He made us priests to His God. The thing about being a priest, I want you to understand that in Israel, for centuries, the priests were the ones who had the greatest influence. You had kings consulting with priests. Now, the priest had many functions, Okay. But a couple of which were to make God's will known to the people. To teach scripture, teach the word of God, and to bless people. As priests, we are to make God's will known. We are to teach the word of God. And we are to bless people. It's not just pastors, not just priests in the Catholic sense. The leaders in the church are not just the pastors, not just the apostles, the evangelists, the prophets. That's just not just the leaders. It's all of us. All of us are called to do this. We are priests of God. Priests of God. See, we are made in Christ's image. Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, 29. For those of us whom he foreknew, he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his Son so that Jesus Christ would be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus Christ is referred to as our high priest, like the priest, the head, the head of the body. And being made in his image, we are all called to act and all called to bring that kingdom of God. Now what we are bringing is God's will to people. Follow me here. God's will is a heartbeat for people. He loves us so much. It is the posture of servanthood that is Jesus Christ. When He came, He came. He laid His life down. He came to serve us. So, being made in His image, we ought to serve one another. Let's get away from that. What I that that, that term I used earlier, like. Christian consumption. That's something that's talked about in the body of Christ right now. Christian consumption. What can I get? What can you do for me? Oh, the message wasn't good enough? You can shoot holes in this message, by the way. And you may find another pastor to deliver this message better than I'm delivering it. You might find a church with a bigger band. You might find more people in a building. But I can tell you right now that the kingdom of God is not going to advance based on your personal preference. The kingdom of God is going to only advance when we step up in our calling, and our understanding that we have the Holy Spirit in us. And it is our charge to make a difference, to make a change. You guys follow me on that? That is so good. That is such a good point. I believe that there is like a turning of this Christian consumption thing. That just That is not the heartbeat of God. The heartbeat of God is to love people and to walk into a building and say, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this right now, and, and I know a lot of us do this, but I, I, wanna, I really want to hit this home to encourage us to do it even more. When we walk into a building, we don't just show up for the message. But we show, let, let the message be the byproduct of just gathering together. Let's show up to love one another. Let's show up to stir one another up to love and good works. Let's show up to actually look to minister to one another. And say, how can I meet your need? Because I know I've got something that I can provide to you. Maybe that's just a smile. Maybe that's just praying with them. You may not have the, the answer for that problem. But you know the one who does. It's a big, it's a a paradigm shift in your heart. In Isaiah 42, 16, God says, I will lead the blind in a way they do not know. In paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and I do not forsake them. And I can tell you, God did this through Jesus Christ. He led the blind in a way that they did not know. Just like when Jesus would preach about the kingdom. He's showing them a way that they did not know. That there's another way. You don't have to be trapped in sin. There's another, there's a kingdom way now. So God showed them, he led them in a way that they did not know. And he says, paths, I will guide you. He's given us the Holy Spirit to guide us into new paths. And I can tell you right now, God did that through Jesus Christ and through Christ in both you and I. He's doing that through us today. That's what He's about. That's what He's about. He's about bringing darkness to pass because He's bringing the kingdom of His light here in this day and age. I was, um, I was talking with my cousin uh, yesterday, and, and he's, he's in the corporate world, he has been for a long time, and he was telling me about this, this new boss, or the, this, this new position that he's going to take um, with, this, with this guy he knows very well. Um, he's been his boss in the past. And he was telling me like what a great leader this guy was. And he's going on about, he's like, man, I'll follow that guy everywhere, I will run through a wall for him, and telling me about all these, just, just the greatness of, of, his, of his love for this man. And I said, why do you say he's such a good leader? Why, why do you think he's such a, like, wh- wh- what qualities or characteristics does he possess to make you feel so passionate about him? And he said, well, one is, he created a personal relationship with me. I've got a personal relationship with him. He's like, secondly, I can trust him. He's accessible. He walks the walk. And he sets the tone. He sets the pace. he says he's created a personal relationship with me he's trustworthy he's accessible he set the pace he set the tone and he walks the walk that sounds an awful like awful lot like my lord and savior jesus christ he's created he's he's made a personal relationship with us so personal that he His very spirit dwells in us. He's accessible. He's at work in the body. He's trustworthy. The faithful witness we read about in Revelation. The faithful witness means trustworthy witness. A trustworthy witness. He set the pace. He set the tone. The Bible says that he's the forerunner. He shows us the road, shows us the way to go. And he walks the walk. In every way that you are tempted, Jesus Christ was tempted. Every way. He walked the walk. And so my question to us is, God bless you. My question to us is, in the image of Christ, are we these things to other people? See, (laughs) To be a leader in the kingdom, you need to look no further than the king of the kingdom. (laughs) The leader of the kingdom. I want to be like him. So if we can just seek after what he's seeking after, which is the hearts of people, with that, again, that posture of servanthood that says, "How, how can I bless you? How can I make God's will known to you? How can I teach you the scriptures? So do the people around us Consider us, once you want to build a personal relationship with them, like really want to build a personal relationship with them, not just a, let me get your number and, and maybe we'll have coffee one time, but like a really a, a personal relationship with them, where like you really care about the things that are bugging them, You really want to love them. Are you accessible to people? Are you trustworthy? Do you set the pace? Do you set the tone of what it looks like to think, act, and speak in the kingdom of God? And do you walk the walk? Do you walk the walk? Now hear me out on this one. Do not be condemned on that one. Do not be condemned on the do you walk the walk. Okay? Because I can tell you right now, I am far from perfect. Far from perfect. There's a lot of things that I preach, and boy, I endeavor, I endeavor to walk out what I preach. Just like Paul said, he said, for I discipline the body so that after having preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. But I can tell you right now, I have weaknesses, and sometimes that hasn't always been the case. I humbly admit that. I'm not proud of that. But I can tell you right now one who is a leader in the kingdom is the one to recognize that, to repent and say, man, that's not the way of Christ. That's not how I am called to display my Lord and my leader. And it's that one to pick up his stuff and start going in the right direction again. So I know we've all fallen short at time. So don't get condemned on the walk walk part. But people need real. People need real, especially in the society today. I've seen this in such a great way within just the past six months. The necessity of people needing something real. You think about it, in our culture today, we have these phones. Everything's processed through screens. Text messages, Facebook, Instagram—they want real. Everything's filtered. They want real. There's there's a whole bunch of people that are crying out to see something real. I had um, I've got a friend. He was he was he was Muslim, and I shared the word of God with him. Because he had some problems that he brought to me. And he didn't want Christ. I said, well, I'm not really sure how else I can help you. But after time went on, he got to see what it looks like to walk free. What it looks like to follow the king of the kingdom of God. And after some time, he came back to me and said, I want to know more about this Jesus Christ. I want to know more about this Jesus Christ. Because I've seen that there's so many things out there that, that aren't real. People aren't real. They're fake. They don't care about me. But there's a reason, and I'm telling you right now, his name is Jesus Christ, that lives in me. There's a reason why he came back to me and said, I need something real. Let's talk about this Jesus Christ. And that's not me boasting. That's, that's, that's the power of Jesus Christ. That's the example we're called to set. Again, we may not be perfect. But we possess something so great. We possess something so great. We good on that? Yeah. Let's be real. Man. We should know, I mean, you should know everybody in here. You should know everybody in here. This isn't a huge group. This isn't a mega church. We should we should know everybody in here. We're all we're we're we're, we're all following the same Lord. We're all following the same leader. Some of us new, some of us have been here a really long time. Extend yourself. Extend yourself for the sake of someone else. Amen. Hopefully, I'm not coming down too hard, but this thing has been working in me because this is is kingdom leadership. Everyone is in a position to be able to minister to the needs of those around us. Everyone is capable. Everyone has got that priesthood. Everyone has been deemed worthy and has been charged with the responsibility and the uh, accountability to everyone that you see and hear. And I want that to be the case when we go outside these walls. Do people look at you and say, man, he, he's someone who really cares. He wants, to, he wants to start a personal relationship with me. He's accessible. She's accessible. I see the way that they walk, and it looks different than this world. That's love. That's love. Pray with me, guys. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Thank you, Father, for teaching us, Dad. Thanks for making tweaks in our hearts so that we can be everything you've called us to be in Christ. Father, thank you for forgiving us for ways that we have fallen short. For your word says that if we do sin, you have given us an advocate, your son, Jesus Christ. So I thank you, Father, for the forgiveness of our sins and just how you see us, Father, The identity that you see we have. The position of authority with you in Christ. And the vision that you have for us. The vision that you have for the body. Father, I pray that your will is done in our lives, Dad. I pray for hearts to just be open to what you want to do through us. For your plans and purposes. Father, I thank you for your kingdom of light. You are just a good God, Father. I praise you, Father, for this week. And I just thank you for the appointments and the people that you will put in our path. And I pray, Father, that there's just that reminder of the Holy Spirit that just prompts us when we come in contact with someone that you desire for us to make your will known. Father, we love you. We praise you. and We thank you, Father God. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. God bless you guys.